Hi, this is Jason McCarthy at Wickham Wanderers, and you're listening to Wickham Sound. The Wickham Wanderers Show. Coming up on this week's edition of the Wickham Wanderers Show, in a few moments' time, we'll hear from Phil. We've got our match debrief, uh, looking back briefly at uh, Saturday's game and uh, in a bit more detail on Tuesday's uh, fantastic results at Bristol Rovers and uh, we'll hear from their manager Matt Bloomfield and also uh, goal scorer Brandon Hanlon as well we'll catch up with Max Strieck a bit of a preview of a uh, feature coming to Wanderers TV very soon uh, the goalkeeper volunteers in Stoken Church uh, along with his dog Major more on that to come. Uh, we'll catch up with uh, John Bignall and JDT as well from the Wickham Wanderers Ex-Players Association who today have been celebrating the life of Brian Lee, uh, the former Wickham Wanderers manager and chairman's funeral took place today and celebration of life at uh, Adams Park. Uh, so we'll be uh, reflecting on that as well. Uh, with Wickham Wanderers women, we'll hear from the manager, Carl Simon, and also Freya Harris as well. Uh, we'll catch up with Alfie Mawson, who we've been speaking to at Adams Park today. He'll be having a celebration of his career at, uh, at the home game with Barnsley on Saturday. We'll look ahead to that fixture as well uh, with the manager, who we also spoke to a bit earlier on today. Uh, so lots to bring you, as you can imagine. Always like to... To pack in uh, plenty in an hour of the Wickham Wanderer show. Uh, so let's first kick off uh, with Phil and uh, obviously reflecting on Tuesday night's uh, rather excellent and uh, uplifting result, which took us to within three points of the playoffs. Yeah, I think a few people say it's a must win game, but I think it uh, puts pressure on, doesn't it, on those. But it really was important to get the three points with Bolton Wanderers not playing um, and a few of the other teams above us not playing either. And Bolton playing Sheffield Wednesday on Friday night. Uh, that's going to be a tough game for them. So, real opportunity to make up some ground. And they did really well. And, you know, it's always, um, it's always nice to see Joe Barton. Uh, and it's even better when he wins. And a nice response to, to Saturday as well. Uh, yeah, fantastic. Because yeah, it was a really tough game on, on the Saturday. And credit to Burton, as we've said before. Um, they deserve the win on the day in, in, in tricky conditions. Um, and Wickham in tough conditions again but this time off the pitch with the illness and injury losing Sam Vokes and uh, to injury Nick Freeman and David Wheeler uh, to, to illness and the youngsters are stepping up which is fantastic to see really really exciting TJ DeBar I thought was magnificent um, first half and uh, and part of the second half he played um, the booking he needs to cut that out of his game but it's going to be tough because he's, he's an aggressive player um, but yeah I thought he was really really well the tackle for the um, for the assist for the goal um, it kind of sums him up doesn't it you know he tackles and assists at the same time uh, Brandon Hanlon's finish was magnificent um, and yeah apparently it was all down to the pitch but uh, I thought we can play pretty well so what's that pleased you most about the performance? Uh, I just think that the, the way that Wickham played, I thought there was some, some really good passing football on a, on a very tricky pitch, by all accounts. Um, and yeah, I thought they, they, they sort of managed the midfield well. Um, Bristol Rovers are a good side. They've got some really good players. Um, you know, and I'm surprised they're as low as they are on the table um, with the squad that they've got available to them, although it's their first season back and it's always the goal to not be relegated. But, you know, that's six points we've taken off them now. Um, they're a decent side, Um Joe Barton's a good manager, so I think the nature of the win, the 2-0, the clean sheet, um, although that was largely due to the fantastic double save to Max Strick, although I thought we defended well at times, but when, when Bristol Rovers did get in, which they would do, um, I thought Max was superb. Um, so yeah, wonderful to get the 2-0, the clean sheet, the three points, a perfect away day really. Um, so yeah, onwards to, uh, onwards to Saturday and what will be an emotional game against Barnsley, but... 
after the game, Matt Bloomfield, um, yeah, was was buzzing as you'd expect. Yeah, you know, we've had some really really tough games here over the years. Never an easy place to come. Um, you know, the crowd get right behind them, and um, Joey's got a good team here, so we knew we were going to be in for a tough game. But obviously, I'm really really proud of the, the way the boys played tonight. I thought we um, we defended with resilience. We attacked with some real quality at times. So um, yeah, obviously, really really pleased to bounce back from Saturday's result at Burton. You know, there's loads of positives about Saturday's result, but I think at times they can get lost in the result, um, the actual performance. Um, so tonight we have to be proud of both the performance and the result. No Sam Vokes due to injury. It gave the opportunity to TJ DeBar for his first league start and did excellent. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I thought he was he was he was very very good. TJ, he's been chomping at the bit for obviously before I came back. Um, I've heard all the reports about how he's been training and, and waiting for his opportunity. Um, we lost Vokesy, so it looked, seemed like the right time to bring in TJ. And I thought he he grabbed it with both hands. He um, he was very good by filling out possession and um, he kept a goal threat for us. He won the ball back for Brandon's goal in, in the first half, and I thought he was very good. He took took his chance. I'm, I'm pleased for him. And Brandon Hanlon proves the rule again, playing against your former club. You invariably score, and he did tonight. Yeah, I think um, Brands is a player of massive potential. I, I believe in him so much. I think he's, first and foremost, he's such a good guy. Like Brands, he really wants to do well for this club. He works hard every single day, and he posed that threat playing through the middle. I know he's been slightly wider um, evokes in the last few games, but uh, he grabbed his opportunity to play as the nine tonight, and he was a constant threat all night and took his goal extremely well. Good 90 minutes plus as well for Josh Schoen who came off the bench on Saturday but that must be a big boost to see him get through tonight's game. Yeah, most certainly so. I think we all know um, what a big player Josh is. You know, uh, I thought Nick was incredibly good against uh, Fleetwood so deserved to stay in the team on Saturday and also Josh, he was obviously coming back from his hamstring injury so... You know, Josh is always a miss when he's not in the team, but he came in tonight, played 90 minutes, and I thought him and him and Winger were excellent in the middle of the park. And David Wheeler and Nick Freeman missing out through illness. Is that a concern with the with the way the squad are? It's a tight environment up at the training ground, etc. Is that is that a concern? Yeah, most certainly so. I mean, you know, losing those boys. Um, we lost Wheels yesterday. Nick was only we only lost him on the day of the game today. I got a, a call from Nick about one o'clock this afternoon, an hour before we left the training ground. So, you know, that was obviously a concern. We we've got an uh, extremely tight squad at this moment. So I'm a small squad. You can see from the bench, we've got all the development boys backing it up. So uh, it's hard to rotate too much. So we'll have to count the bodies, um, see if we can get Wheels and Nick back for the, the game at the weekend, and and hopefully we don't lose anyone else. Uh, really pleasing for him and uh, great as you say his sort of first few weeks in charge it obviously hasn't taken him long to settle him yeah he's so driven and motivated and you know he works so hard um, I think fans can see that I mean I can certainly see it um, yeah he's absolutely dedicated to getting this club as high as he possibly can um, he's dedicated to being the manager uh, and that transition and, and managing that transition and you know just everyone in football has got an opinion on, on that and they'll all look at the facts and think well he's been a player there for a long time it's going to be a difficult thing to do but you know he's working so hard to make that that transition and I think he's done it and you know you see how the players respect him uh, and how they're putting in good performances for him um, so yeah it's exciting times with 10 games to go um, a club legend in charge um, and hopefully become a legendary manager for us as well um, but yeah fantastic to see um, and yeah long might continue You mentioned Brandon's goal uh, quite sickening I guess for, for Rovers fans to, to have him score against them 
Yeah, I, mean, I tried to sort of extract that out of him in the interview, but he wasn't having it. I think he's just pleased to score against anybody, as all strikers are. Um, you know, he's had an injury hit campaign, and I don't think he is where he wants to be in the scoring charts um, because of the lack of game time because of that injury. But he was brilliant on um, on Tuesday night, uh, not only for the goal, but when you play in that Wickham system, when you're not the you know when you're up front as well, especially in the wider positions, you have to do so much work um, defensively as well um, in that system that's the way we play and he was brilliant both going backwards and forwards with the ball um, I thought it was brilliant and the chance um, was difficult um, the keeper may be disappointed at the near post but he hits it so well it was a great goal and yeah good to speak to him after the game as well yeah I think it was a great performance from us because coming here is always tough especially on a Tuesday night as well but as you can see um, we scored early and then we scored again and we managed to keep a clean sheet so I feel like we've done everything right today and managed to get the three points. And from a personal perspective, it, it, players always score against their former clubs and it's happened again tonight. How did that feel to score here? Yeah, it felt good to score here. I mean, it feels good to score in any game, do you know what I mean? It's not like it was extra special for me, but at the end of the day, I got another goal and I just want to push on from here. TJ, the bar got the nod to Sam Bokes was out injured tonight and instrumental in your goal as well. Yeah, TJ's been class every time he's touched the pitch um, and he finally got a chance today. He's taken it and obviously he assisted me today, and which he's been doing every time he's come on. So it was nice to see him come and start and play well. So hopefully he pushes on from here as well. You said tough place to come. There was a, a really, really heavy rainstorm in the hour before kickoff as well. What effect did that have on the pitch? I think with the back four or five that we have, like experienced players as well like they're comfortable in whatever it is um, balls flying in left right and centre but I feel like I'll back my centre halves and full backs to get clear the ball and to help us keep on pushing forward Another clean sheet for Wickham as well Max Strick with a couple of great saves tonight one in the first half and a double save in the second half but you defend as a team you must take great collective pride from that clean sheet record now Yeah I think it's definitely a positive taking a clean sheet um, today, especially when we got a tough game coming up on Saturday, um, so build help us build confidence at the back as well as winning two 0 build confidence going forward as well. Great to hear from Brandon, of course, and you mentioned Max's clean sheet a little earlier on as well, and you, and you spent some time with him this week as well. Great for, for fans to be able to hear what, what, what he does in his spare time too. Yeah, yeah, it's wonderful to go and film, although not so wonderful to do it on a Wednesday morning straight after a late away uh, Tuesday night. Um, but yeah, he was, you know, this guy just loves dogs, so to go to his local dog rescue centre in Stoken Church, uh, where he volunteers on his days off, um, uh, and to spend a bit of time with Max, get to know Max a bit better, uh, spend some time with Major, his Rottweiler, um, and get to know him a, a bit better as well. Uh, and yeah, interesting, you know. It's, um, and also just to kind of shine the light on on a fantastic local charity that does amazing work for the community. So uh, and lovely to see Max. You know, this isn't something he does as part of his duties as a player. This is something he does um, because he loves dogs. Um, I'm absolutely convinced he loves dogs more than he loves other humans. Um, so yeah, it was nice to see him in his natural environment. Um, but yeah, and also. So they were so vital to him settling in the area because he had trouble finding somewhere to live with his uh, not insignificant dog, and um, yeah, and that was and now he volunteers there and he's part of the community, you know. So it's it's been a big part of his life down here, which is brilliant. And if it means that he keeps playing well for Wickham Wanderers, then fantastic. And it feels like each week when we speak to you, you know, there are big games coming up, especially at home with with teams who are in and around the table at Barnsley as well. Obviously, another fellow promotion chaser as well. 
Yeah, this is the great thing about where we are in the season. And you know, we have to roll the clock back too far when fans were sort of being very miserable because of the, the poor form at the start of the season or the patchy nature of the results. So, yeah, it's it's great because when you're in the final 10 games of the season and you've got something to play for that isn't a relegation battle, um, it's really, really exciting. And we should enjoy this because other teams would cut their arm off to be in our position. Um, so, yeah, we should enjoy this and we should attack it. And and I'm fairly sure that the... the uh, football Illuminati of, of the press and everything else doesn't expect Wickham to be in the top six um, very nice of Jay Barton to give his opinion on that as well the other night and um, looking forward to him being wrong about that again as well because he's been wrong about most other things with Wickham Wanderers so if he can continue that run of form then we're, we're assuring for the top six maybe <laughs> look it's going to be tough it's going to be a bit of a roller coaster, no doubt. There's going to be highs and lows, and even in this final ten. Um, but look, we're in a great position, and we should really enjoy these days. And hopefully, we can enjoy a few more in May when we're in the playoffs. And something a bit more special as well for the fans to to sort of celebrate Alfie Mawson's contribution as well. Yeah, great pro, great player, great bloke. Um, and gutting that at the age of 29, we've covered that when he announced his retirement. But it's just lovely he can come to Adams Park where it'll be a fantastic game. Um, Barnsley fans absolutely love him to pieces as well because he had a great spell with them. Um, so look, there'll be a lot of love for Alf on, on Saturday. Um, he's a pretty humble guy. I'm not sure if he really wants to fuss, but um, I'm sure his family will enjoy it as well. But I think um, it, hopefully it will help him as well because I think he's still coming to terms with the fact he's had to retire. Um, and so maybe this could offer him a bit more closure as well. Um, and also some really happy memories for him and his family too. Brilliant to chat to you. Thank you for your time. Always a pleasure. A reminder that you can hear uh, those interviews in full with uh, Matt Bloomfield and Brandon Hannon after the game at Bristol Rovers on Wanderers TV. Uh, Luke joins us for uh, a new feature on the show, uh, Wicked Wanderers Players and Their Animals. <laughs> nice, I like it. It's good, good and catchy. No, I like it, yes. Oh. It's all hyphenated. Nice. I have a bit of a fear of dogs, which is, which is I guess, That's why I went. <laughs> Not you. <laughs> Tell us where you were yesterday. Uh, it feels like it's about a week ago, but yesterday, uh, myself and Phil went to the Stoke and Church Dog Rescue uh, in, can you guess where? Stoke and Church? Correct. Uh, where, as you just heard, uh, Max 3X, Super Max, uh, walks uh, dogs. He volunteers there and walks lots of different dogs. Um, it's going to be in full on Wondrous TV in the next couple of days. Uh, but here is a little preview of uh, the part where Max was walking uh, the dog. Max, it's a Wednesday morning early after an away day. Yeah. And you're here volunteering at Stoke and Church Dog Rescue. Uh, what does this place mean to you? You know, I think it's obviously, it's like a hobby really, you know, and I, if I can help the dogs and help other animals. So Max, moving down from Scotland to Stoke and Church, that's a long way, you don't really know anybody here. Has no, this place yeah. been sort of important for you settling in the area? I think so, because obviously me and my girlfriend moved in here and then we were looking for some things to do. And then we one day we just walked past uh, past this place, and there was we obviously walked our dog Major, and then there was lots of people wearing them beautiful jackets and vests. And I was thinking, why wouldn't we just go ask if we can walk out the dogs to help them? Well, you like wearing bright colours, don't you? So <laughs> I wouldn't say I, I, usually my in my wardrobe I always got black things and like dark colours, but obviously on the on a pitch and now I'm wearing these bright colours, yeah. I remember when you moved down, you had trouble finding somewhere to live, to rent, because of, of your dog, Major, and that's a big reason why dogs end up here, isn't it? I think so, because obviously people, there's lots of history behind them dogs, and if you listen to some of them, it's actually really emotional. But on the other side, I think people don't realise, like, 
animals got their feelings and it doesn't matter if it's a dog cat or whatever it still needs attention it still needs you as a human being that's why we decided to actually walk the dogs and then help them to actually we even thought about adoption one one day but you know at this moment in time we are we don't know what's going to happen as well so we've got Major who is obviously everything depends on him as well <laughs> we don't want him to you know treat other dogs because we've got our dog as well would you say you're more of a dog person than a human person do you like dogs more than humans I would say so <laughs> I think I'm I, I don't know why but I think obviously dogs are more grateful than human beings and I think that's why being around them it's like makes me feel good as well and you know it's if I can help and also treat myself a little bit with the different animals because it's like a kind of therapy as well yeah then why, why shouldn't I do it so if you've had a stressful game or a busy game or a, a big win or a big loss it must be lovely to go home to see Major yeah I usually walk him the, like on my day off I usually walk him about two hours just so I can actually think about what was good about the game what was wrong about the game and then obviously He's doing his own stuff, and then that's how it goes, yeah. The simplicity to a dog's life, isn't it? It's really simple, yeah. Basically, you have to feed him, walk him, look after him like a baby, really. But Any similarities to footballers? We, we feed you, we train you, yeah, you basically, guys run around yeah, a bit. Yeah, basically, you, you've got like a <laughs> baby, but actually, you know, dogs are a bit easier to care for, let's put it this way, than kids. So when you got home last night, we got back from Bristol Rovers, what time would you walk through the door? About one, one o'clock in the morning. So he was pleased to see you, no doubt? At the start he was asleep, but then he heard me creeping, and then he was really, he just lied in bed with me for, for like oh. 20 minutes. And then he, he knew it's a bedtime, so he just tried to sleep next to me, which is really cute. So win, lose or draw, Major's reaction when you walk in must be the same. Exactly, he, you know, <laughs> dogs can't really, like, I think they can feel emotions, obviously, but I think whatever happens, you know, they will be there for you, and they're like the, you know, friends, the best friends, really, for human beings. He's a fierce-looking dog, but he seems to be a very nice temperament, and uh, they always say dogs are like their owners. Is that is that a good way to describe you as well, Max? I think my girlfriend, she always says, like, oh, he's like a you from character. And I'm like, I'm not that bad, am I? <laughs> and then actually, yeah, you know, it's, I would say so, because Major's got, he's really energetic, obviously, and then he's really, he likes his workouts. He's got his time when actually he wants to do his own thing like me. So I presume he's, he's similar, yeah. Really great insight, and uh, as I say, uh, do keep out an eye out for uh, more on that feature on Wanderers TV as well, Max Truick and his dog Major, uh, not to mention Phil, and some uh, camera work from Luke, of course, as well. Online, on Radio Player, and on 106.6 FM, this is Wickham Sound. Still to come on this week's edition of the Wickham Wanderers show, we'll hear from Wickham Wanderers women manager Carl Simon. Uh, we'll hear from the uh, men's manager, uh, also Matt Bloomfield. And also uh, we'll hear from Alfie Mawson as well, who uh, the uh, 
the career of him will be celebrated at uh, the game against Barnsley on Saturday at Adams Park. Speaking of uh, celebrating at Adams Park, today has been a celebration of the life of former manager and chairman Brian Lee. Uh, his funeral and uh, service took place uh, a little earlier on today. I'm very pleased to say we can chat to uh, JDT from uh, the Wickham Wanderers X Players Association. Uh, thank you so much indeed for joining us. Hi, uh, Colin. Nice to talk to you. And uh, also, uh, John Bignall as well, who's at the Warm Hub at Adams Park currently. Uh, thanks a lot for your, your time as well, John. You're very welcome. Thank you, Colin. Uh, likewise. And JDT, just uh, talk us through uh, sort of what, what happened today and, uh, and the turnout for, for the event. Well, it was, as you rightly said, um, a celebration of a, a life very well led. Um, it's uh, uh, Brian would have been... Uh, 87 uh, in a week and uh, it was a, a, a lovely look back at a, such a varied career. Everybody um, in, uh, in Wickham will know him as the football manager and the chairman but perhaps a lot more won't know that uh, he had a, a terrific life as a sports administrator not only at uh, Bissam Abbey but at Lillish Hall um, and then, of course, after leaving uh, the active service at Wickham, although he became a WWEPA valued member, um, he uh, took over basically leading the National League to the strong position it is today. So all of those different elements were explained by different people. Uh, we had Brindley talking on the family. We had... Um, dear old uh, Howard Wells talking about life at Bissom and uh, working with uh, Br Brian and then Alan Parry in a, an excellent speech for the club explained how he met Brian in 1975 on the eve of the uh, famous uh, FA Cup tie with Middlesbrough and uh, how they uh, their friendship blossomed over 48 years despite the fact that uh, Alan comes from Liverpool and is a die-hard red, and that uh, uh, Brian um, turns out to be a ardent Manchester United fan. But uh, they disagreed on many things in football, uh, but their feelings about referees were uh, the same. They didn't really appreciate them. And John, it must have been fantastic to have been at the event and shared other people's memories of, of Brian as well. It was indeed, yeah. It was good to, to, to join up with the, lots of other ex-flyers, some who'd come um, quite a distance to be there today, and, and ex-managers, and Alan Game was there. Um, and yeah, just just nice for people to be able to chat and talk about those times when... Uh, you know, things were a little different in, in football for Wickham Wanderers in those days because we were a non-league side. But um, it was no none less hard fought. And um, these guys gave everything they did for Brian. And uh, lots of the things sort of came through, really. I mean, Brian was a stickler for discipline, a stickler for fairness. And I think that has stayed with the people that played with him and under him, uh, really, for the rest of their lives. And JDT, I've got a copy of the uh, the Order of Service, which is excellently done as a, as a football programme, and, and something which really caught my eye, which uh, John just mentioned, actually, uh, Lee's Laws. Tell us a bit about more about that. Well, Brian, sorry, John, uh, we um, Brian has uh, 
John Bignall was saying there was an absolute stickler for uh, everything. Um, there were only, I thought it was one yellow card. Alan Parry reckoned it was two in four years uh, while they, they were winning Isthmian League titles, scoring goals galore, um, playing exciting football. And in that, all of that time, four years, two, one or two, Alan and I would disagree, two yellow cards. I mean, that just goes to show the, the kind of thing that Brian exemplified, um, despite the fact, as I say, that he did have his own personal upsets with referees. And John, we spoke to Ray last week as well, and it's difficult to kind of sum up, I guess, the real influence that, that Brian had on the club, uh, both sort of on the pitch and behind the scenes as well. Yeah, I mean, I was with Ray this afternoon, and I think um, it, it was to do with the way he treated people, quite honestly, because people like Ray and Keith Mead, who were both internationals and came from Slough, along with lots of other players at, during that period came to Wickham for the reason that they, they heard from their international colleagues and other players that they knew that at Wickham, um, Brian, he was hard, but he was fair, and he wanted to play good football, um, and it was a big attraction to them. They knew pretty much if they came to Wickham, there was a fair chance that they would, uh, they would be enjoying life, but they'd also be winning things. And Jenny, too, we were fortunate to speak to Brian on the, in the first season of the, the show, and something that really came across is the, sort of the pride of the part that he played, but also obviously where, where the club is now as well. Yeah, Brian was a very, very modest man, despite all his accolades. Um, he felt that uh, the club should change when he first came, as you know, and we've said, talked about it many times. It was organised, the team was selected by a selection committee, I think that lasted three weeks under Brian, and he said, I'm the manager, I pick the team, goodbye selection committee. And amazingly, they agreed to that. But even more amazing, of course, was the fact that then they went on to unbelievable success in the non-league. He was proud to have been involved in the appointment of Martin O'Neill, which again pushed forward their claims towards the, the league, two trips to Wembley, then getting into the Football League. And then he was a great friend of Gareth Ainsworth um, and a great supporter of him. And Gareth spoke very movingly um, a couple of days after Brian died about uh, the, the feeling that Brian had for the club even today, even in his late 80s. Um, and that was tremendous. But just one other thing, you, you, you talked earlier about Lee's Laws. Um, Brian did actually have a, a slightly softer side because one of the players who seemed to get away with quite a lot was a certain Tony Horseman. And, uh, and Tony, um, uh, as I put in this uh, program that we did, uh, the Ex-Players Association put together for, uh, for the uh, service, that um, Tony Horseman liked uh, um, two or three pints. That was just before the game. Uh, he would have a cigarette or so on every team photograph. I've had to uh, snowpake out the, uh, the, the cigarette that was down by his side. But as Brian said, how do you stop a man who scored uh, 
500 goals in 900 games for, for, for Wickham. And um, they had a love-hate relationship, uh, which blossomed into a love-love relationship late on. And that was actually uh, shown by all the players who turned up today, players from the, uh, his famous 1975 sides, uh, led by John Maskell with Keith Searle, Dylan Evans, Keith Mead, which was fantastic. But I thought what was even more touching was the fact that Fiona Kennedy, the widow of Howard Kennedy, turned up, and this is a, an interesting story, she didn't know when, the, uh, when the, uh, this celebration was. Her son in Atlanta read our Facebook page and told her last night that it was happening today. And Fiona Kennedy, wife, widow of Howard, came by herself to pay tribute to the man who'd done so much for her husband. Barbie Birdseye also came by herself. Her, her man, um, uh, Paul Birdseye, had an accident and is in a neck, neck brace. So he couldn't come, but Barbie travelled all the way from Portsmouth by herself to say this is our tribute from the uh, Birdseye family. And that, I think, showed what uh, the club means to so many people. They really are great stories. And John, also a great credit to, to any manager, I guess, is to sort of the calibre of, of players that he has under him and what they've gone on to achieve you know, during their careers at the club. Well, yeah, indeed, because um, some of Brian's players went on to, to have really good careers in the in, in the pro game, because obviously we were still amateurs. Um, people like um, Paul Vashillo, Peter Sudderby, Viv Busby, um, Kenny Swain, European Cup winners medal. So, yeah, absolutely. And but um, Brian's sort of mantra on things really was. He had one of the things he said to me very, very early on was, "If you cheat, you lose," and that stayed with me. But, all of my life. Um, and the other thing, one of the other things he said was, um, if you only look for the negative, negative things in life, you'll find little else. And so he was quite, 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 uh, he, had, he had some very um, insightful sayings. And Jenny, too, you hear people say, you know, that, that Brian's influence can still be felt around the club today, and I think that's that's a really sort of uh, great tribute, in fact, to you know the, the way that everyone says how how sort of family orientated the, the club are, and, and so many of the ex players are still closely connected. Well, uh, afterwards, I was talking to Trevor How, uh, Trevor Stroud, who uh, was uh, formerly chairman, um, leader of the trust, uh, to Ivor Beeks again, former chairman and, uh, uh, and now the president. And what I said to them was that the ex-players association are going to put forward a suggestion that there is somewhere in the ground, the very ground that Brian Lee founded, that should be named after him. I mean, to me, the Caledonian suite doesn't mean anything. Um, the uh, There are places in the ground that should have these people remembered. We've got Montes. Uh, we were uh, instigated the Reardo room. Um, I would like to see the Brian Lee suite, whether it's here or over in the uh, Woodlands, um, uh, because Brian Lee deserves to be remembered. Simple as that. And John, how would you like to sort of best hope that the fans remember uh, Brian? 
Well, I, I think, as John's just said, uh, certainly something to be to be named after him would would be great. Um, it just really needs that all of us that knew Brian to keep talking about him for, for as long as possible, really, and um, reminding people what a, a, a you know we we think of Frank Adams, who obviously was a, a great figure in the club's history, um, and rightly so. But um, Brian Lee contribution um really can't be overestimated so i think it, you know well like with all things when people pass on it just needs the rest of us that are still here to keep talking and telling other people in the future generations that these were the people that made the club what it is today and JDT, that really highlights uh, the key role that the, the ex player association you know can play as you say in, in continuing to to sort of pass on the, the word and the, and the stories well, I think it was just lovely to see so many ex-players from so many eras, not just those who'd played under Brian, but uh, other, others as well. And not only that, you, you had them from different walks of life. You, uh, you had, for instance, Stuart Earp, who was the Bucks Free Press reporter. He followed me a few years later, actually. Um, uh, Travelled over from Oxford, uh, uh, long since retired, but he came to pay his respects uh, to the man who he'd interviewed, like you do, after every game, uh, at, at every event uh, during the 70s uh, and the and the 80s. Um, and I, if I have one one grouse, and I must air it, is that Brian Lee died. Uh, on uh, February the 12th, I haven't yet seen a single line in our so-called local paper, the Bucks Free Press. Yet Stuart Earp, who was a reporter there 30 years ago, took time out to come over. I reported on them in the 1960s. I was there in in various other capacities. But uh, we haven't yet seen, as I say, a single line, not even a letter that Brindley, the son, sent thanking everybody for their condolences. I didn't see, I haven't seen a word of that in any of their editions either. It's really important, as you say, to, to be able to, you know, get the message out that, that you know, for people that don't know as well, that, that you know, this is someone who, who needs to be, as you say, commemorated and celebrated. Absolutely. Um, uh, and and he was, that's the good thing, he was celebrated today i know the family uh were sad but they were overjoyed at the kind of reception that everything gave uh, everything got uh howard wells and uh, and alan parry did them proud in their speeches and uh, and there was a, a massive uh, turnout from the national league and again that's something that perhaps the wickham people don't know about but uh, brian spent 18 years working and getting the National League to the position it is today, and as, as one of their speakers said, has raised millions of pounds through his idea of, of the trust and getting, uh, getting money from the uh, Premier League to support the clubs at the lower level. So he, wasn't, he, he was a Wickham icon, but he was also a football icon. And his role and influence, obviously, being with uh, Bishop Abbey, you know, many of the players that we've spoken to as well. Um, John, just, just to sort of recalling the fact that, you know, they played against such great players because of um, Brian's contacts. 
Well, that's right. I mean, I mean Bisham Abbey did have an integral, really, part of the, of the attraction as well for a lot of them, because a lot of them would have met Brian, the England amateur team, trained at Bisham Abbey on a Sunday. Um, so a lot of these people that weren't playing for Wickham at the time, playing with Enfield and Slough and Hendon and people like that, would have met Brian there. And as I said earlier, that, that influence, that, that relationship he had with them there, encourage them to, to to come to Wickham and I think speaking to most of them uh, they've you don't see many of them going back to their other clubs but they they still come back to Wickham so um, his his influence really uh, lives on and John we mentioned that you're at the uh, warm hub this evening fantastic that you know a that's still going but b the, the ex-players have such a, a link with that and I'm sure that's something that, that Brian would have approved of too yeah absolutely John Maskell was in there earlier on tonight and uh, I uh, Vince Faulkner and uh, Keith Samuels are next door still uh, chatting away. They've, the people have had a nice meal. I think there's about 25 or 30 in there tonight, and uh, we, we've uh, you know we've all had a nice meal and chat together. And um, yeah, I mean, great that it's carried on for this ex- extra month. Uh, that the uh, that dreams and that the the, uh, the the council and foundation have, have managed to keep it going. Um, and it's yeah, it's it been a resounding success. I think people are going to be very, very sad when it finishes. A real pleasure to speak to you both. Thank you so much for your time and uh, for sharing uh, the, the afternoon's experiences with us. Good to talk to you, Colin. Cheers. Thank you, Colin. Thank you so much. That's uh, uh, JDT and uh, also uh, John as well. Um, uh, John uh, Bingle from uh, Wickham Wanderers Ex-Player Association speaking to us uh, here on Wickham Sound. Online, on Radio Player and on 106.6 FM. This is Wickham Sound. Still to come on this week's edition of the Wickham Wanderer Show, we'll hear from Alfie Mawson and Matt Bloomfield. Uh, we'll be uh, celebrating the career of Alfie at today's... Today's? Uh, no, uh, we spoke to him today, uh, but we'll be celebrating his career at Saturday's. That's better. Won't be. <laughs> this won't be in the, in the podcast version. Uh, uh, that's coming up uh, before the end of the show as well. First, though, uh, let's turn our attention to Wickham Wanderers women, whose uh, first team season came to an end on Sunday with defeat in the League Cup. Uh, ending their run in that competition. Their league season ended uh, the previous weekend. Uh, the reserves and under-18s continue, though. Uh, Craig spoke to uh, Carl Simon, the manager, uh, who we'll hear from in a few moments' time. But first, uh, the thoughts of Freya Harris. Uh, Freya, commiserations. 3-1 defeat here at Ascot. First half is where the game was, was won and lost. From your point of view, how did you see the game? I thought our first half was brilliant. One of the best we've played this season unfortunately we, they, we did have errors early errors that kind of killed us in the game and mistakes but everyone makes mistakes attacking forward we played amazing linking up me, Molly Katie everyone overlapping plays and it's really gutted to get the result that we did today Was it just down to taking chances at the end of the day? I, yeah definitely I'd say they definitely took their chances and I'm pretty sure every time they took me they've scored so not the way we wanted to finish our season but now we can ha- you've had a little bit of time to reflect on the season as a whole for you personally how do you how do you see the season has gone for you I think I've had a great season honestly coming up from under 18s has been and for the first time it's been enlightening having the experience to play with older people or people that obviously have more experience definitely been more of a positive at the end of the season more we finally found the way we're playing found ourselves as a team which annoying to get and last two weekends to lose 
but we've, we've still been playing amazing and we're going to get better as it goes on. Frank Harris speaking to Craig after the game on Sunday and he also caught up uh, with the manager, Carl Simon as well. Carl, commiserations, 3-1 defeat at Ascot in the semi-final. How did you see the game? Difficult. We played really well. But again, it was the same thing that's hampered us all season. We conceded in the first two minutes and then another run shortly after. So we were 15 minutes with a 2-0 down and in the, second, in the first half, we played some really good football, probably some best football of the season, but just didn't have that finishing, that, you know, that cutting edge um, to make the good opportunities that we had count. The good ball position we had, we didn't, we weren't able to carve out some really good opportunities. Um, we'll get into the final third really well, some really nice combinations, but we just weren't able to execute at, at the final. And look, let's be fair, that's got a really good team, you know, and they're not taking the lead for nothing. And the goalkeeper was excellent, superb she was. And so were their defence. You know, they did everything that was everything that was asked of them. They did it well. And um, when we were asked of things on certain occasions, we didn't do it so well. And, and that's pretty much the sort of thing. Would you say finishing was the, the big difference between the two teams today? I mean, you know, Kate Middleton had a great, fantastic finish for the goal of the game. No, I wouldn't say it was finishing. No, I, I would say, um, like I said, the, 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 they scored a really good goal. Their third goal was a fantastic strike. But the first two really um, pretty self-inflicted from us. Um, and we should have done better in both of those situations. The season's now sadly over for us. Um, I know we've, we've only finished the game half an hour ago, but have you had a, a small amount of time to sort of reflect on what has been a, a really progressive season for us? Yeah, I mean, for a lot of the players, it was their first time playing at this level. Um, so we had a look at it, we had a look at the league, we know what it takes, we know what we need, we know what we need not to do in the future. Um, so we've got a lot of really good information to take us into next season. Um, so from that standpoint, it's been a really good season, we've got some really good information, we can only get better from here. Uh, a great season uh, overall, I'd say, in terms of you know the the, the development that uh, Carl and his team have done, and we'll be hearing from uh, more from him on uh, future editions of the show. Um, is this put you under a bit of pressure? Yeah, thanks. I've got one of them. Ask, <laughs> go and ask me. Uh, give us a, a bit of an update on uh, who the reserves first. Of all. Have I picked the right one? You picked the right one. Oof. Yeah, yeah. Give me fifteen minutes. I might be able to find the under eighteens. But the Wick- uh, Wickham Wanderers women's reserves got three more games. Uh, the next one is at home at Burnham's Football Stadium, the eighteen seventy eight Stadium against East. Oxford Ladies, that is the 19th, which I'm guessing is this weekend. I don't know how to break it to you, we haven't got 15 minutes. Uh, but not to worry. 14. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, yes, uh, we wish the Chair Girls all the best, of course. And as I say, we'll, we'll hear from them, uh, more from them on uh, future editions of the Wickham Wanderer Show. Also worth a mention is the fact that uh, this afternoon we were uh, down at Adams Park for uh, a chat with Alfie Mawson, uh, ourselves, and a number of other media outlets representing uh, other places he's played uh, we're in attendance at Adams Park uh, we were there too we were the best <laughs> absolutely a uh, really great opportunity to, to catch up with him and also reflect a bit on uh, obviously his second spell at the club and as mentioned the uh, game at home to Barnsley on Saturday uh, there'll be a presentation uh, to Alfie on the pitch and a great opportunity for supporters to uh, sort of commemorate if that's the right word uh, his time at the club and uh, as I say we caught up with him a little earlier on I'd say the club hasn't changed it's got I say it's got bigger it's, it's, it's attracted better players it's but the, but the same people um, so which is which is a key thing because I thought obviously when you come back you you like to hope it's going to be the same as, as when I left, and and it was just you know the quality around the place has increased um, on the pitch, off the pitch. You know the setup, the club, the club's got bigger. Obviously, it's been to the championship as well, um, so it's, it's been class in that. And uh, yeah, it's just annoying that we were on a right run, and then obviously like I had to make this decision. So like 
when you're when you're part of it, it it's great um but now it's just ah uh, you know you're just watching it and like i said now i'm like a fan so i'm, I'm a bit like you know the old gaffer was you know you see him like winning every head on the touchline and that and uh i'm a bit like that but um it's just a weird way of, of you know taking a step back and looking at it but uh it's all full of all the positives that it was the first time so um yeah so it's just yeah, you know Wickham is is what it is mate you see what you see from the outside is there's no um, there's no underlying issues there's no problems there's no egos and I think you know it's a, it's a perfect club for good footballers and, and good people and do you really feel the backing from fans both you know your initial talent when you were first here and, and more recently as well the excitement of when you signed the game yeah it was a bit obviously a bit different because like when I first came no one knew who I was and I was just like oh, I'm just going there to, to go and play as much football as I can my first like professional loan I was just buzzing so I I had no pressure and then coming back obviously I'd gone and done what I'd done and you know there was that bit of pressure to be like okay well this is this is where I am like I've, I've not changed as a person I've adapted my game and as I've got older I've, I've got more intelligent off the ball physically I've gone down because you know I've had so many injuries and that but um, it was uh, yeah it was it was it was strange for me to come back and you know to step out especially when having my debut my second debut was against Shrewsbury and we were we were one all and Gaff was like oh, do you want 10 minutes and I was like yeah come on then come on and bloody JJ gives away a penalty and we, we end up losing and I was like oh, I hope that's not a sign of things to come and then my full game was against XL and we got battered and I was like oh god I'm not fit yeah I'm not fit and then from there it was it, it was class um, dealing with you know anticipation fans know what you what you what you bring on and off the pitch and then having to having to go and do that but yes yeah, it's, it's like I said it's, it's, the, it's the one place I was, I was looking forward to coming back to so and also as well, it must be, feel so nice for you that the fans think so much of you and people say, oh, you should have played more for England and, and just really admired you know, what you went on to achieve after you left here. No, it was, it was brilliant. Listen, this, like I, I always touch on it and, I, and I'll say it, I've already said it in, like, today with you guys, is that you know, this club is, was a perfect foundation for me to go and build a career um, and I'm glad I did that. And so to come full circle for me, for me was always something that I'd had in the back of my mind. And, you know, Gaz. Uh, I spoke to Gaz a lot, and and Blooms and Dobbo, like away from my my spells here, and um, they've always said there's always a, there's always a door open for you, this that, and the other. And like I said, I'm, I'm I'm glad I came back here. But yeah, the fans. The f- I love the fans here. It's a great club. It's such a family club, and like I said, my family love it here. Every all of my friends love it here. They love coming here. So um, you know, for me to to see them happy when they come here as well, that that adds a little bit more, you know, incentive to do well for the club and to and to go and enjoy it because I'm not the only one just enjoying playing my family enjoying watching and, and supporting and supporting the club not just myself so it's a, you know, it gives you a little bit more you know a little bit more of, a, of an edge if that makes sense and what it feel like the games that you did play here you know towards the end will they be especially memorable or, or not really because it's no definitely I think because obviously they're, they're the freshest in my mind um, you know the, the Ipswich the Pompeys at home where we're getting wrote off because you know we're, we're little Wickham but we love that you know being the underdog and that's that's where we thrive. So um, no, they're they're definitely in my mind. Um, and yeah, just just this group of lads is is massive for me because I've met so many people in football, so many. That, um, you know, I've had, I've got so I'm lucky to have met some great great people. But this group, yeah, you, like I said, I've said it so many times. You just can't recreate what 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 goes on there. Um, it's just a class net group. You know, it's just really just a just a top group of people let alone you know a, a good set of footballers as well um, yeah the people that um, are in and around the training ground and here you know it's just yeah like I said it's, it's class it's a yeah good group and Saturday a great opportunity for, for supporters to really celebrate uh, what you've done for the club yeah like I said like, I appreciate it and it's, it's really cool but you know two of my previous clubs and it's going to be really cool but obviously 
see, I'm, I'm still signed, so I'm, you know, there's only one side I'm going to be supporting. Barnsley are flying, so um, you know, I, it's going to be a really tough game, and it's going to be, you know, it's going to be competitive. And obviously, we turned them over at their gaff three 0 which was, to be fair, sparked their sort of season because they had started a bit slow, and then and then we went there and we played really well, got a really professional result left, and then they just went up in terms of results. So they've um. They're doing really well, so it's going to be it's going to be a tough game, but I'm just going to enjoy watching it. Yeah, and will you still be around for the rest of the season? Perhaps yeah, I'll be dotted around. Yeah, um, obviously, like I said, we're going to go away and that with, with my missus and that. But um, I'm a, my family only live living um, Wokingham, so I see them. And my, like I said, mum and dad will be here all the time anyway, so I'll, uh, I'll get myself down definitely to support the boys 100. percent Pleasure to speak to Alfie Morton earlier on today, and uh, you were saying on, on drive time a little earlier on. Good cross promotion. That, <laughs> what you know? What a what a humble um, you yeah. know sort of gentleman he is. Well, he said um, when he was speaking to uh, Sam Avery, formerly of this radio station, and now with some other company, um, he said that um, you know he didn't want any of the sort of the press, and there wasn't anything after the announcement. Um, but he said, you know, it's very much the Wiccan way of how to be, you know, supporting and having that moment with the fans. And I think on Saturday, as we saw last year with um, Matt Bloomfield, whatever happened to him, and uh, Akin Fenworth, that, you know, they had that big celebration and the fans on all sides. Um, and even more so with this week, with it being a former um, Alfie club, that it will be, um, it'll be really nice. I look forward to it on Saturday. Yeah, a really great atmosphere as well. And uh, hopefully... Uh, uh, Will 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 reflect that in his uh, choice of burgers because there was a, a oh yes will a there be an Alfie Morrison burger, burger. Yeah, yeah. That should be, shouldn't there? dear Will <laughs> dear <laughs> point of view <laughs> uh, fantastic to uh, to look forward to Saturday a brilliant atmosphere at Adams Park for the visit of Barnsley uh, something we spoke to uh, the manager Matt Bloomfield about a little earlier on and of course how uh, he's uh, settling in as the the manager of course uh, and what he's bringing to the role some of what you expect but I think one of the um, special things about football management is there's always a a unique set of circumstances that you don't expect presenting themselves as well. Um, so, you know, I think in the previous few months at, at Colchester, but also in the previous years that I'd spent at this club, set me up pretty well to know what was what was going to come. But also at the same time, football management has a, a really uh, lovely charm of dropping in unexpected challenges along the way, which is great when you can overcome them. And obviously, you know, it does test you from time to time. So, yeah, I was certainly I was certainly prepared. I think most of what I've encountered I was I was ready for, but there's some things in football management and in life, I guess, that you, you can't prepare for because it it presents itself when you're least expecting. So it's it's been great. I've loved it. Um it seems to be flying by the, the days and the weeks are passing really, really quickly because there's so much so much that's gone on in the in the in the past few weeks. But it's been great and um yeah, I'm loving it. Does it feel like the players are sort of playing how you'd like them to play? So your style of football, if you like. I think so. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, I was here for so long with the manager before and, you know, a lot has tried to be made of styles and um, uh, approaches of different people. And I guess everyone's, again, I'm repeating myself, but everybody is different, but I still retain a lot of the, um, you know, the same values and principles of play that the that, that, that gaffer had here before. So, yeah, you'd, you'd like to think that um, within time, a, a team does reflect its its manager. And I'm I'm certainly really really pleased with how the boys have been playing the last couple of performances I think Fleetwood I was really pleased with there was you know many aspects of Burton that I was pleased with irrespective of the result there's certainly you know improvements we wanted to be made and and same thing at, at Bristol on Tuesday so for me it's about focusing on those performances trying to keep making our strengths better and and um, rise up our, our our weaknesses slightly and and being the best we can possibly be every day and if we can do that then we have to believe that the results will will fall in our favour as much as possible. Are you noticing real progression both on the training pitch but also on, on, on game day as well? 
Um, yeah, again, I think I'm, I'm probably really mindful not to to talk about too much progression in terms of, you know, I, 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 I came to a team that was, you know, just outside the playoffs and there's only a certain amount of progression that can be made with a team that was winning games and, and playing extremely well. But at the same time, of course, we want to make progression in terms of the way um, we're trying to do things and, and everything else. So not too much has changed, but, you know, we have to be pleased with the settling in process. But, you know, I think it's also probably wise to say that any club that changes or loses a manager that's been there for 10 years and had the degree of success that, you know, the gaffer had had here for over such a long period of time, it was, you. it's always going to be, you know, a transit time of transition. Um, you know, it's not going to be, we try to make it as smooth as possible. But of course, with such a, a big figure leaving the football club, there's going to be moments where you're manoeuvring through. So um, I'd like to think that that's been done as the best we possibly can and as smoothly as possible. And we, we're still moving forwards as much, you know, the best we best we can. And does that add extra excitement too, Saturday, just being three points out of the, out of the playoffs and, and playing a team who also, you know, promotion chases as well? Yeah, I guess the noise around the game is probably bigger because of those set of circumstances. I think you always... You always find that that becomes, you know, part of the the narrative, which is which is really exciting for us as a football club. You know, we want to be involved at this time of the season at the right end of the table, which we certainly are. But I think as a as a management staff, as a coaching staff, as as the playing staff, we have to make sure that we we approach this game in isolation. It's just one game. It's 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 one set of tactics that we have to implement. It's one you know one game that we have to attack the best we possibly can and, and try and get the best results. So. Yeah, it's lovely for the outside noise to be around um, the clamour of the game, but for us, it's about it's about just playing the game that's in front of us, not not the occasion or the event. And just finally, uh, we've been speaking to Alfie, and it's great for the fans to be able to celebrate you know, his contribution to the club in two spells on Saturday. And I'm sure, you know, having played with him and been with him yourself, someone that you, you, you know, well deserves that. Oh, huge! Yeah, Alf is someone who has my um, utmost respect. I think he's a First and foremost, he's, a, he's, a, he's an incredible man. I love him to bits. I think he's great. And, and what a career, what a player he was for this football club, what a career he went on to have at the, at the very top. So um, he deserves all the adulation and the, um, the comments that come his way because, um, yeah, he's a, he's a proper person, is Alf. He was, a, he was some player, a proper footballer, and it's just a shame that injuries cut that career short because we'd, we'd obviously have loved for him to continue that career at Wickham Wanderers uh, longer. But we're very grateful for the time that, we had in both his spells here and we're, we're extremely pleased that we were able to share some of his journey uh, on the, on his football journey with him and both uh, inside the change room out on the pitch and getting to know him personally as well. So he's some man and he deserves every uh, every adulation that comes from him Saturday. Pleasure to speak to uh, Matt Boonfield a little earlier on today uh, and uh, giving uh, well-deserved credit to uh, Alfie Mawson, something which is uh, echoed by fans as well. I'm glad you got all that covered, by the way. Uh, yeah, we've had a message from <laughs> Nigel who said, uh, Alfie Mawson is probably the most gifted footballer we've ever had the pleasure of seeing grace the pitch at either Lokes Park or Adams Park. Uh, fantastic! I say something really, really echoed by uh, uh, supporters, and yeah. I know even when he had his first spell at the club, fans were really excited to see you know him go on and do so well at the likes of Swansea and, and Fulham, and, and obviously Barnsley as well, who will be facing on Saturday. So, uh, a real and really interesting to hear his stories today as well about you know some of the players that he played with, and um, you know his experiences. Um, working with different managers as well yeah. so yes much to look forward to on Saturday if you're not going to the game of course you've got uh, live commentary on 106.6 FM and also on Wanderers TV as well uh, do check out uh, pre-match drills which is really uh, early available, today, uh, which you can listen to well from now actually yeah no, go and listen to it now off yeah. you go and uh, Ring in the Blues obviously also well worth listening. can we endorse anything else while we're on I listen to something that Phil and Matt have done they're very good and very talented uh, see you next week uh, up the wick do people still say that up the blues